Blog Talk Radio. Men and women on the first line of defense 
for COVID, the doctors, the nurses, and especially those great people that do the cleanup afterwards, and the wonderful people at the at the supermarket who keep the sucks the shelves stocked during this pandemic. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fighting Words is brought to you by our sponsor, BioSolar. Are you tired of, of paying high electric bills? And as well, they keep going up every quarter. Would you like to stop that over the next 25 years? Save over 50% off your electric bills by installing BioSolar solar panels. BioSolar is... Excuse me. Is in Florida, but they have they are licensed in every state in the union. Um, if you want to learn more about uh, BioSolar, bio please give Patrick a call, 727-314-6976. Well, guys, it's great to have everybody back, and I, I have to make a couple announcements here tonight. Um, as you know, uh, about a week ago, we had uh, our, our friend uh, Bernard Fernandez on, and uh, Bernard, uh, right after uh, he was on with us, was admitted to uh, Riddle Memorial Hospital uh, for a laminectomy. He was having back problems. I did talk to him on Thursday. Uh, he's feeling fine. Um, he just has a problem of motivating. Uh, his bedroom is on the third floor of the house, and uh, he's generally on the first floor or second floor where his, his uh, desk is. But he wants everybody to know thank you for the prayers. And thank you for the uh, – when we sent out a, a request for prayers on Tuesday, uh, we got a great response. We also almost lost one of our uh, hosts, uh, Don Henderson. Uh, as you all know, Don was the vice president of uh, CBS Sports. He was a big uh, portion of the Philadelphia sports scene in uh, Philadelphia, being the voice of the 76ers, at one time the Phillies, the Temple Owls, and was the uh, sports director at CBS, the WCAU in Philadelphia. So Don is home now. Um, he had uh, was taken to Sarasota Memorial um, with um, pneumococcal pneumonia, and uh, but now he's on the mend. And he wanted everybody to, to let him know. Uh, he says thank you for everything. He appreciates it. So with that out of the way, Z, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, but I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. All right, Bob, you doing okay? I'm doing fabulous. Good to hear from everybody. Yeah, I, 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 really, I wanted to uh, save uh, the last hello for a uh, uh, belated uh, hello uh, for uh, our correspondent, Caden, uh, who uh, has a tendency at times to uh, – I think he's going to be an astronaut because he's out in time and space a lot of times. So, Caden, uh, uh, how you doing? I was watching Train that I I got caught up and I couldn't come on the show. I kind of like um, I totally forgot about the show. Okay. Uh, I I know I'm going to pay for that uh, introduction sometime during the week, but uh, that oh, so be it. <laughs> I figured right. he was still eating crow. So I don't know. <laughs> it was it was a lot. It was a lot to get down. You know, it took me a while. <laughs> oh, okay. I just wanted to know as long as you were full, you know. Hey, I'm gonna put myself out there tonight for a serving. So we'll see. <laughs> there you go. 
All right, Bob, you want to you want to start it off with uh, uh, Vegas forty seven? Sure, we got the fights or, or last week. All right, so yeah, so um, um, last week uh, was headlining Sean Strickland versus Jack uh, Hermanson. Um, Strickland was coming off a two year layoff from a motorcycle accident, um, but also uh, uh, won his last five in a row. Went out there and pretty much dominated the fight with a jab and jab alone. He apologized to the fans later after the fight, saying that. He fought like a biatch, uh, sort of got more aggressive in there, but um, really did me a favor because the past, like, three weeks in my class, I've been explaining the efficiency of a jab and how to use it and set it up, and and you can win a complete fight with a jab. Someone can't come in and get on you, boom, done. So it was a little bit of a slow watch, but Strickland came out with the win, putting him uh, winning his last six. Um, good job for Sean. Uh, there was also a couple other good fights on there, um, but Caden, you want to jump in on that one, or anybody got a comment? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, me personally, it's it's good to see um, Sean Strickland in every single time he fights. Um, I I love his personality too. Like he also, you know, he apologized to the crowd and everything. I mean, what what UFC fighter now is doing that? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was a bad fight to watch. I mean, to some people, yeah, it was boring, not a lot of action. But I thought it was actually a really good fight. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and I, yeah, I, I passed out to somebody else. It was it was intelligent, at least. The, it was let me a very, ask you, it's a very technical you, fight. You know, you, Right. You, you, you break it down and you teach. How do you get people to understand the effectiveness of a jab and not try to load up on it and not try to throw it like a, like a two or, you know what I mean? Or, well, first well, you gotta, well, keep, you gotta well, keep your, you gotta keep your distance. If, if you can, yeah. if you can keep your distance and stuff like that, you, you, it's, it's, um, like you see a lot of boxers do that too. It's very technical. Well, well, Caden's right. You do have to keep your distance. That footwork, first of all, before you can even start punching anything, you, you, you want to deal with footwork. You want to deal with footwork. Um, there are guys who have the best hands in the world, fast hands, hard hands, and all of that, but they can't get to the target. <laughs> so it's, it's all in the footwork. Um, what I, what I, uh, what, when I teach, uh, and if I have a heavy bag, what I'll do is I'll swing the heavy bag like a pendulum. And what you want, you want the fighter to move with the heavy bag at a certain distance. So when the heavy bag comes towards you, tell them just take one shuffle back. When it goes away from you, take one shuffle forward. Um, what you want to do is you want to have your maximum arm reach with your jab. You want to put your shoulder into your jab. You know, First you want to get the jab technical. So when you do that, now you want the person to move, and as they're shuffling forward, they throw their jab at maximum reach. You don't want them to have. You don't want your elbow bent. You want your arm more or less straight out, and you want the bag to barely touch your knuckles at this point when you're teaching, just because you want to let them know the maximum arm reach. When they shuffle back, you teach them how to throw that jab on the move, going backwards, shuffling back as you're doing it. Um, <laughs> Once you get once you get the jab down and all of that, it's now when and how to, th- to set it up. Feint. Use feints. And if you use feints and you vary 
You don't throw your jab all the time. Ha, ha. You, I mean, body jabs help. Now, in, in MMA or in kickboxing, it's kind of dangerous to lower your head toward a leg or a knee. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be honest, I I've learned. I've, I've trained in the Muay Thai camp. I've got Muay Thai fighters ready in sparring, and I've gotten spinning back fist, elbow, knee in the face. So, I mean, you know, and, and I'm the boxing coach. Which I'm teaching hands, but you never really want to take guys' energy away. But back to the jab, when you you want to, you know, set the jab up. You want to faint. You don't want them to know when you're aware you're throwing any strike. So you know, so you could faint low. And throw high, you know that's that's a you know uh, the up jab where you Ooh. jab to the body, you jab to the body, and then you lower your level to jab to the body, and you pop the jab right up top. I mean, it's so many ways things to do with the jab, but timing and, and, and comfortability is everything. So, like I try to tell all my guys, it's kind of like your cat whiskers or your bug antenna. You got to get it out there and do some feeling around with that jab. Don't be throwing it like it's a big bomb. But, you know, and then you said it exactly, too. It's all about footwork. <clears throat> Why? Is, I could make anybody look like Mayweather if I'm holding mitts, you know? But, <laughs> <laughs> but once you got once once to move with it, then it's like there's, like, disconnect between people's hands and their feet where they can't work together. Uh, yeah, another yeah, good fight, smiling Sam Alvey. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're, you're right. That's the comfortability of it because you can teach anybody anything, but if they're not comfortable doing it when the time comes, as you said, a guy can look perfect on the mitts, but when you have a a human that's trying to hurt you in front of you, things differ. <laughs> things differ. <laughs> it changes everything. Changes you know, that's everything. Why, you know, I teach sometimes out the, the jiu-jitsu gyms, and a good jiu-jitsu coach will tell you he knows the difference too because with, with a punch – you can go from a black belt to a white belt in four punches. You know what I mean? Real quick. A punch will change the day. You take, uh, going back to um, the UFC, the, the smiling Sam Alvey, usually a big puncher, got choked out by Brendan Allen. Uh, rear naked choke last week. So it was sad to see smiling Sam Alvey go down, but we all lose. So at some point. Okay. I, wanted to say, I, I did not mean to butt in there when you, when you asked about the jazz thing. I thought you said my. I thought you. I thought you asked me. My bad. No problem. Well, uh, you're fine. Uh, I'll go inside on with it tonight, also, guys. And, uh, hey guys, hi. please forgive me for uh, for getting here a little late. Um, no didn't know the context of the conversation, but I do just want to comment on uh, the discussion of the jab. I just came in, you know, as you were describing different ways to throw the jabs, different types of jabs, and then listening to Doc uh, augment um, your statement with his real-life training. Um, one of the things uh, that I was just thinking about, Zito, when you were talking about the jab, Zito, was uh, in recent memory, the gentleman with the best jab I've seen, Andre Ward. He didn't have the quickest hand, but his jab was a tremendous defensive weapon. It was a rapier-like sword that allowed him to cover distance, and he stepped in with it and made it a power punch. Would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Andre Wood, more than anything, he wasn't the fastest or strongest guy, but he had comfortable timing. 
he had he had a good engine, but he had he was so comfortable with his timing that it was hard to get a beat on. And as comfortable as he was, it allowed him to do more than one thing. Andre Ward could box you from the outside, uh, Carl Frotch. Uh, he could fight you on the inside, uh, Alan Green. I mean, he, you know, he could do a little bit and of both. And he did it all uh, off Mikhail his Kessler. jab. Yeah, all off his jab and footwork and footwork. Uh-huh. I think one yeah, of Andre Ward, that fight. Bob talks about how once you start moving your feet, with it becomes a different challenge. He was able to incorporate all that, which is why I thought, when I, when I think of jab, I think, Good to hear from you. Context was uh, we were talking about how Strickland won his fight with just using the jab last weekend. I love watching Strickland just because of that. Because he's never fight. Yeah. I told Caden I was going to put myself out on a limb here. I uh, go for the crow. So I'm going to go with uh, Adesanya, all right, because uh, I like to win bets. Um, and then, and then, but if anybody's got a shot, it'd be Whitaker. He's a beast. I think he won his last three or four coming into this. He only lost to Adesanya. Um, Whitaker's no joke. So uh, I'm, if there's anybody, but again, Adesanya, to me, and Ty's always there to back me up when I can't remember, uh, but he, he's like a young Anderson Silva to me. He's got that head movement. He, there's just certain fighters that are pocket fighters and can sit right in the pocket and got the good enough slip and the good enough uh, duck and the good enough weave to stay right in that pocket and counter strike. And there's very few of them out there, and I think he's one of them. Whitaker is very technical and very aggressive, and I think uh, there, you know, his best chance is probably putting him against the cage. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. So again, uh, and I can't keep letting it go. Caden had to eat crow a couple weeks ago because uh, uh, <laughs> he went for the younger guy. But Daryl Gain had every you know advantage over uh, Nagano, and Nagano ground him out against the cage. So anybody has a chance. So I'm going with Adesanya on that one. Good, Dave. I don't think if if Whitaker can put um, uh, Adesanya up against the cage and sneak in some punches, but I mean we've seen um, Adesanya fight aggressive style um, fighters like Paulo Costa. Look what he did to that guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. look what he did after he knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was even more disrespectful. Yeah, yeah that was funny. Um, that was that, that was funny, um, <laughs> but I I just I, I don't see any way that I just don't see that I don't see Whitaker winning this fight. 
I see it being a better fight than the last one. I see I see Whitaker putting up more of a fight than he did last time. But Whitaker's gonna have to go in, make some major changes to his fight, his fight game. He's gonna have to come in there and, and hit Arsani with something he hasn't fought against. You know, he maybe he's not something too good against, you know? And uh, he, Whitaker has to protect himself. He has to protect himself in that fight. No, no, he can't put his hands down. Right. Or else he's going to get rocked. Right. Me personally, I absolutely agree with Kate and Bob. Um, I, I, it's going to, like Kate said, it should be a much, it's going to be a much better fight than the last night. It's going to be much more competitive. I expect those distance with Adesanya winning a competitive, um, a clear decision. However, um, Kate needs to be clear to say to Bob. The fact of the matter is, Whitaker has established himself as, at the very least, clearly the second best guy in the division. And a good game plan and a good strategy can be set in town. And if anyone is capable of pulling that off, it is Robert Whitaker. Though, I think we all say that out of time, and we just all recognize the threat to out of time with that Whitaker. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that Whitaker, um, he has a puncher's chance in, in, in a puncher's game. Uh, that's the way I see that. That's his shot. He has a puncher's chance in a puncher's game. Outside of that, I think Whitaker, what he does good, kind of lines up right with, for Anasanya. Meaning that Whitaker, he's he's great on the feet, but Whitaker, I mean, he's great with his hands. Not the biggest kicker all the time. Not going to use his feet all the time. He, he'd rather have his base for his hand. Um, he's not a guy who's going to – Whitaker's not a guy who's going to rough you up. He's not going to close the distance, grab on you, and and, and put bring you down. He's not going to put you in a cage and dirty box you like that. He can, but that's not his game, more or less. He's trying to put the paws on Um And that kind of feeds into what Anastasia – he, he does. And the sign is going to be able to, the, in my estimation, if, if Whitaker doesn't catch him, he's going to be able to navigate him. As simple as that. He's going to be able to navigate him. Um, I, I could see a stoppage. I more or less see a stoppage. I just think that Anastasia, he, he, let, 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 let me say this, um, and I'm saying this out of respect. I'm saying this out of respect of all of us on this radio show. Whenever we predict an MMA fight, the caveat is anybody can get caught at any time because it is the most volatile of combat sports. So that's a caveat going in. Like, like we get it. Like, Cade and I got it wrong when we predicted Cyril Gaon to beat Francis Ngannou. And the reason why we got it so wrong is because he – did a different strategy and won a, a decision over five rounds. He didn't just kind of catch him, but that's kind of what he does anyway. Like, this prediction is is always a caveat that, you know what, these guys are fighting with four-ounce gloves. They kind of don't protect their chin like boxers. There's so many different ways. Anybody can get caught. So I think we kind of all predict that Asaya, but none of us would be surprised if anybody got caught by anything tonight. Never. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we're joined uh, we're joined by 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 our good friend Tony. Uh, Tony's uh, on a short leash, as time concerned. Uh, Tony, why don't you uh, come on in and uh, do your thing? 
Yes, sir. Hey, good evening, guys. Hope all y'all are doing well in your families. Just want to uh, remind everybody out there about the our big sponsor, BioSolar. They are an incredible company that will basically cut your power bill in half, and you can lease, you can buy the program, which all it does is just help you out in the long run even more as far as saving money. Uh, it's great concept. Patrick and the boys will hook you up. Mine goes in myself on Tuesday this week. I am actually um, excited about it, and uh, they dropped me down about $225, locked me in with no price hikes, no nothing for the next 25 years. So instead of paying power bill, I'll pay the solar company instead. Excellent concept. I'd like for everybody out there to check it out, biosolar.com, B-Y-O-S-O-L-A-R.com. And the first 10 people that mention Fight and Word Radio Network, you're going to get $250 cash back in your pocket when you have panels put on your house. So definitely anyone in the United States can do it. Patrick's got every license that you need for homeowners association attorneys, everything. So there's a no brainer and I would, wouldn't preach anything. I wouldn't do myself. So make sure you guys jump on it. Sounds good. uh, Thank you guys. Can you stick around for a few minutes? Yes, I'm going to stick around. Uh, Awesome. uh, Having Tony around. Last week, (laughs) I I said that uh, I had been to the gym and seen uh, uh, Keith and how cut he was and how fast he seemed to have remained, I will say, gotten. Uh, But he certainly had a a good outing uh, this week. Uh, And Ty, you want to go with that one? Yeah, I thought Keith looked sharp. I thought he looked crisp, um, and and he looked he looked like the latter version of himself. Uh, you know, I also recognized the guy he had in front of him was dangerous, but he was the guy that Keith was able to maneuver around. Um, I I I actually thought Keith looked good. I really did. Uh, again, equivalent to what he looked like, similar to the last time we saw him in the ring. With that said. I think that the elephant in the room is, in his last three fights, he's been dropped, rocked, or hurt. And so he shows mm-hmm. a certain vulnerability, you know, at this particular time. Um, and, you know, he still needs a, a you know, I, I like to see him get another fight to get better. But he's going to be competitive uh, with anybody, even right now, I believe, that they put him in a ring with. I think you put him in a ring with Spence. You put him in a ring with uh, Terrence Crawford. I think he's going to be competitive with these guys right now up until a point. Then I think there's going to come a point where he's not going to be able to swim. That's what I'm saying right now. Um, but that's just my perspective. Curious to hear what you, your perspective. I, I think I've got to eat a Cleveland steamer on this one because I believe I told you last week I didn't think he was going to pull it off. But that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was surprising. I mean, I'm glad it's uh, – Glad to see him make the comeback like that. And like you just said, I hope he can keep it going. But I, it might be a nosedive coming sometime soon. So we'll see. Yeah, Keith shocked me. I, I, honestly, I honestly didn't think he was going to win that fight at all. I thought he had taken off too much time. And Barrios was just going to go in there and eat him up in the ring. I didn't think it was going to – I didn't think it was going to – 
I, I, I think that um that that uh, Thurman could survive. But I was completely wrong. What, what okay. I like about what Keith did is, is I like he he came out in that fight and established his weight class on Burns. He did, he didn't uh he didn't dance around. He went out there and he he kind of walked back over there. Um, with with his jab and he had pretty good punch variety. I, I, I like his punch variety. Went to the body well. Uh, he showed versatility offensively. Uh, my thing is Keith. Uh, it seems like it's always a point in the fight to where Keith he, he established he has to establish himself and then he get let off the pedal. And when he lets off the pedal, it seems like he can let the fighter kind of get into his little head of Um And, I, I mean, to me, Keith, he doesn't, I mean, he as good as he is, he, he, and he doesn't need to do it all the time, but he doesn't fight 12 rounds all the time. He doesn't fight a complete fight. Uh, and some some guys you're going to have to fight a complete fight with. Manny Pacquiao. I mean, Manny Pacquiao yeah. is going to fight 12 rounds. I mean, even at his advanced age, he doesn't let off the gas pedal unless he's comfortably nope. ahead and, me, and, and he can't. But if that's the case, now he's going to scrap for 12 rounds. He's going to be in your face most of the part for 12 rounds. And yep. and with Keith, that, that's, that's kind of like that. Sean Porter's the same way, except Sean yep. Porter, he, he kind of needs to be close. He, he needs that skin to skin to work for the most part. And Keith's feet Allowed him his feet and his power allowed him to navigate that. Um, I, I think Keith, Keith is a guy right now. Is his time to step? Is his time? Is his time? And uh, he's going to have to see somebody. He's going to have to see a Crawford. He's going to have to see a Speck. So I mean, it, it's, we, we're going to we're going to see. He's going to have to see one of those two. I mean, at this point, he's 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 made it known. He has his name. So. In the fight with that, that's, that'll be interesting. But one thing is this, Keith, I, we, I, I'm, where's his, I'm, he hasn't had a knockout in a while. And that, I mean, he's a, he's power, he's powerful, but he hasn't had a knockout in a while. So, what, I mean, what we, this, what we need to, I mean, that's disappointing. That's disappointing. You know, hey, two hey, observations. Hey, two, 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 no, no, please go, Tony, please. No, I, I was just going to ask the opinion of uh, Thurman and um, he, the one you just mentioned. It's just that I lost my – go go ahead, Tony, because I lost my train of thought. Was it Spence or, Shel, or uh, Terrence Crawford? Crawford. Crawford, Thurman. You think he's got the power? You think he's in the position right now he can take Bud? Um, I, 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 I could say this much. Uh, Keith, he, 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 he physicality against Crawford. Keith, Keith is, he has the physicality over Crawford, definitely. Um, Crawford has the reach. I think Crawford has the height. And Crawford has an acute sense of timing on a kill shot. That's what scares me with yeah. Keith. Because Keith, I mean, Josecito Lopez got a kill shot on Keith, to be honest. I mean, he's just Josecito Lopez. Isn't, 
he's on the Vito Lopez. No disrespect to him, but he's not going to get Keith out of there with that. Crawford will. Crawford will. That's the only thing that scares me with Keith. So what I was going to say, uh, two observations on Keith Thurman. Zito, one is a, a response to something you said, and the other was something I noticed in the Mario Barrio fight. Um, and it's and you sort of kind of touched on it too. The first is uh, as far as Keith fighting a complete fight, fighting the full 12 rounds. Pacquiao knocked Keith down because Keith was on the back foot and was somewhat relaxed as Pacquiao still kept coming. Keith expected Pacquiao to come with the one or two shots, not the three or the four. And he kind of relaxed as he was backpedaling with his arms down as opposed to employing a tight defense. There are moments in a fight where he does things like that. Um, the other thing, too, and I really, I, you know, it's funny because I, I think I, I've noticed it before with in regards to his knockouts, but I think I really noticed it in the Mario Barros fight because one thing I was really cognizant of was his power because he's had the wrist and, and elbow and all sorts of issues with, with that power hand and power arm. So I was really yeah. cognizant of what his power punches were going to look like. And the first thing I noticed is like, damn. The same thing I felt when I would watch him coming up. This this guy hits hard. Keith Thurman hits hard. And what I started really see, really noticing is he hits harder than I think we all think because a lot of times he hits guys hard, and he's not even playing. Like, he, played, he rocked the hell out of Mario Barrios. He just hit air when he threw the punch, basically. And what I've noticed is the reason why Keith, doesn't get knockouts is no disrespect to Keith, a mid-range fighter. Keith is like an ambush fighter. He's in and out on you, in and out on you. And so what happens is, is as you fight better competition, Keith mm-hmm. isn't as long because they know how to counterpunch. Or the, with, with a Mario Barrios, who had pretty quick hands, punch when you punch. And mm-hmm. when Keith tends to get hurt is when a guy is punching Punch. Mm-hmm. The first time he really showed vulnerabilities when he got hurt to the body against Luis Colazzo. He threw a jab, Colazzo countered at the same time with the shot right to the short rib, boom, Keith almost went down. Punch when he's punching. As he's fought better competition, he can't stand in there to really get his full weight behind the shot like he could with guys who couldn't punch when he punched or deliver the counter punches. That's what I've noticed. Okay. Hey, well, now, Keith has already come out and said that he's ready to fight Crawford. Crawford's people don't think he's ready. Um, Dan seems to think that they've had enough in between the, the uh, coming up in Golden Gloves and everything else. They've fought so many times that they know each other well. And he thinks that Keith would do good in there. Uh, Z, you know, you're the technician. Tell us, uh, would that be a good match? That would be a heck of a match. Um, Keith is the one guy that Crawford's just not going to find. He's just not going to find Keith that easily. And to find Keith, he's going to hurt. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Keith went ahead and dropped Crawford early. Yeah. Um, the problem is this. When the fight settles down, it seems that Keith, that's when Keith is on lunch. He takes his lunch when the fight settles down, and that's when Crawford, you know, he puts on his hard hat. That, mm-hmm. That's not good. That's not good for Keith. Because once, 
I mean, once you once those middle rounds start going, that tends to be how the fight's going to go unless somebody gets tired. And Crawford, he has the energy, to, you know, to, to to go 12 with Keith. Crawford's not a guy who's going to relentlessly press Keith's gas tank. But what Crawford would do, he'd cut the middle on Keith. He'll use his jab and his length. He'll use his timing on Keith. When he gets close to Keith, he'll go to the body. He won't let Keith hold because Crawford's strong enough, and Keith isn't – Keith, he'll hold to get away from you for the most part. He's not going to clinch and, and keep you there. But, I mean, Crawford, as I say, that's dangerous part. It's just, to me, is how many uh, rounds that Keith can bag early and if he can stay up, if he doesn't get caught with, 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 with things, and if he can stay up. Mm-hmm. You know, when sure. I think about Terrence Crawford versus Keith Thurman, it's funny because these are – Two different other welterweights who, who, to me, put on what I think is a recent classic uh, a few years back. But these two other welterweights are completely different than Keith and Terrence Crawford. It'll be a completely different style of fight. Terrence Crawford and Keith is going to be more tactical, less punches thrown, and, you know, great technical boxing. But it's going to follow the exact same flow, I feel, as the classic Antonio Margarito. Miguel Cotto first fight, in which Miguel Cotto was eventually stopped <laughs> in the eleventh round, with Terrence Crawford being uh, Antonio Margarito and Keith Thurman playing the role of, uh, of Miguel Cotto. That fight is very hot for Terrence Crawford early, very hot early. Like Vito said, he could get floored, but it's very hot early. But it's the fight in a different way where he's going to always carry Keith faster than Keith wants to be carried. Move Keith faster mm-hmm. than Keith wants to be moved. Start to put Keith in positions that Keith mm-hmm. does not want to be in. The same thing happened to Kodo. So even though it's a different fight, the narrative of the fight to me is going to go down exactly the same. It's going to look one way until it doesn't look that way at all. It eventually looks worse and worse and worse until either it stopped or it just turns into a a route going that way. That's kind of what I see. Okay. Uh, 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 hey, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, hey, Bob. Uh, there seems to be a, a, a uh, I don't know, maybe it's just a, a play for for uh, piece in the, in the newspaper, but uh, Diaz is causing a lot of problems. Uh, he's causing, sure. calling out the, the whole UFC program and, because of the uh, Porter and uh, uh, McGregor fight, McGregor uh, fight. Does he have? Does he have some kind of a? Does he have something? Well, I don't know uh, the thoughts exactly of Diaz's brothers. Uh, um, you know what's in their mindset, but they've been around a while and they are straight gangsters in the sport. And I, and I say that because they're kind of in a class all their own. They're, they're kind of like, uh, the BMF, you know, massive all came in and got the BMF title, but that's kind of what these guys are. They're, they'll show up at any time and fight anybody kind of stuff. Um, so it's, uh, as far as his dislike, um, you know, I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he, they've gotten treated better than like Nagano in the past, but yet they've always kind of <laughs> called out uh, the the uh, 
um, the UFC and, and, and not doing what it should. And I think the UFC is under a lot of pressure right now from a different, a bunch of different angles um, where they're yeah. kind of, you know, Bellator's putting yeah. pressure on Cowboy Cerrone is doing his own little thing. Um, everyone's coming up, you know, uh, a PVP, you know, the, the different stuff because um, ultimately uh, the UFC uh, has a monopoly on the sport and to me, doesn't pay the fighters what the fighters deserve. I mean, we, I, I'm not mm-hmm. talking boxing money. We don't need to own a country, but, you know, somewhere in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, uh, I think most of that, the Diaz yeah. brothers, saying all stuff, that's what they've been doing for years. The Diaz brothers have done that, I think, for, they've done that forever, since they even got in the UFC. Um, I think that's just, the, that's just the Diaz brothers being the Diaz brothers. And, but you gotta love it though. They're they're always they're, they're funny. They're funny as hell to listen to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I guess we got the news this week sometime that uh, uh, Jamal uh, Charlo uh, was arrested for assault and battery, and now it's turned into assault and battery on a, a family member. Uh, does anybody think that uh, he'll uh, be able to get past this? And uh, get a fight again. You know, so. so, Okay. Good time. Did you read the story, Z? No, no, I didn't hear about that. Okay, yeah. So, uh, assault on a family member, um, apparently. This is, from what I'm reading, this was the second time he uh, was guilty of this particular charge, or at least charged with this particular incident. Um, but the issue, too, is is he had just got charges dropped on an assault case in, like, Las Vegas, where apparently uh, his card wasn't accepted, and they said he assaulted a, a waiter or, or yada, yada, yada. Nonetheless, this is uh, a, a space of recent issues of him being involved uh, in incidences of violence where at least rage um, that has at, least, at the very least required police attention. So that's kind of what's going on with him. I don't think it's going to hurt him as far as getting fights um, because he's affiliated with Al Heyman. Uh, legally, if there's no real recourse from this, if there's no real significant legal consequence from this, essentially if he's free, he's going to go ahead and be able to box. He'll be fine. Um, you know, to a certain extent, boxing being relegated to the back pages of the sports column, he's not a crossover star. This is not a guy who is going to lose his appeal uh, because he's got a few run-ins with the law. The other thing, too, is, is nobody kind of expects combat sports guys to, you know, to be model citizens all the time, which, you know, mm-hmm. a shame because most of them are. So, you know, unfortunately, he just fits the stereotype that a lot of the public uh, – not necessarily correctly, you know, absolutely incorrectly, but he's just a stereotype that a lot of public has in mind. So this won't hurt his drawing power at all. The main issue with him as far as getting fights is it looked like he was the number one contender for the Canelo Alvarez fight. That was looking really uh, like a sure shot thing for a little bit. But lately, it's been that Alvarez is close to signing a two-fight deal with the zone that would uh, ensure a fight with Bivol first, and then the trilogy with uh, Gennady Golovkin later. So that looks like it's closer to being signed. 
Uh, Reynoso, Canelo's manager, said they haven't made a decision yet, but all reports and sources so far seem to indicate that it looks like he'll go with that deal as opposed to the deal structure that would have given him Jamal Charlo in a potential uh, Benavidez fight. So that's the yeah. biggest issue right now as far as, as – Right. Is uh, Jamal Charlo getting fights? As long as he's free, he, he'll get a fight. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. just, just about just about uh, Charlo, um, he, he's going to get a fight. Just, and just because you're dealing with boxing promotion, when and he's not a big name, so he, he doesn't lose any luster because the biggest name in the sport went ahead and held off going to jail. To to fight Miguel Cota, like the the, the, the hell point. off the Vegas court. He he had political power enough to hold off his jail time to make money, and then go to jail. Um, so yep. Charlo is not. I mean, boxing promotions gonna sweep that under the rug quick. Uh, yep. His problem, his problem is, is, is as Ty said, getting big name fights, and he. he I mean, he, and to do that. He's going to have to see if either Golovkin at middleweight or he's going to have to get out of middleweight. If he gets out of middleweight, uh, he's going to have to – I mean, he's looking for Canelo. But, boy, if he doesn't get Canelo and he gets out of middleweight, who's he going to get? Caleb Plant? Benavidez? I mean, he's, I don't – I mean, those are guys – he has a name. And when you have a name in boxing, he's going to find another name. So, I mean, I, I don't know how he does against those guys. Uh, and I do want to speak a little bit about real quick about Canelo moving up and fighting Bivol. Um That would be a very interesting fight that I don't know if I could pick Canelo. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also there's, there's a fight tonight: um, Derek Lewis versus um, Ty Suavasa. I think that's going to be a, a really good one. You know, two two guys who have a lot of fights mm-hmm. right now, especially on the come up tie to Avaka. I think this is going to be his hardest fight yet. Uh, he's going up against Derek Lewis. That'll be that's going to be an amazing fight. I think it's just who's going to. I I I still I have um me personally I have I have Derek Lewis by TKO late second round. I just think that. Ty Zulasa doesn't have the experience that Derek Lewis has. Hey, you know, Jack, hey, and I think that's the that's that's the hardcore fans fight of the night, right? Um, because both mm-hmm. these guys are knockout artists. I actually, um, and I may eat crow in this one because Derek Lewis is the favorite, but I actually favor Ty Tuivasa. Um, I think he learns to be a little bit more patient. He has quick hands and. Uh, even though Derek Lewis is, is obviously the knockout king and probably the heavier puncher, Ty Tuivasa has heavy punches too, and I think he's a little bit more durable. So I actually gave it to Avasta to win. I'm going to step out and I'm going to go with Ty on this one. So bake up that crow, Caden. Get his bacon going. Get your little crow together. I'm ready. I'm ready. The Cleveland yeah. So because because yeah. Because I mean, you know, de- definitely Derek Lewis is is the big, stronger puncher, and he's, you know, that's a whirlwind of a fight because those two big boys they are bringing the thunder. And but I think Ty Ty's got a little something back in there. Uh, I, I've seen him, you know, uh, back in the day. Um, he's got. You know, hopefully, he's grown to the guy I think he's going to be. And I think 
Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with Ty on this one, and but flip the script, uh, second round KO in his favor. Wow. Okay, either you'll be right, and it'll be Crow with my bro. <laughs> crow with yeah, my great. bro. <laughs> Got a special spread for that Crow, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've been dicing up onions and tomatoes all week. I'm getting mine ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Z, we got a uh, we got a change in uh, uh, the lineup with uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh, he left uh, Eddie uh, Reynoso and is now training with Joe Gooseman. Is that a good move or a bad move? Oh well, really, it, it depends on him personally, his comfortability when he's running. I mean, I, I don't think that. I mean, I don't think all, all trainers are good. All trainers are good for all fighters. I mean, certain their personalities, you know, just like head coaches in basketball, to where they, you know, you have to manage a personality, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just, you know, his comfortability. Ryan Garcia knows how to fight. Um, he, he, he's young, so he still could, I mean, learn some some more technique. But I mean, really, all you're doing, all the coach can do for him now is really just kind of key up on what he has. And just kind of tune that up and, and you know make that structure better, make him technically better within who he is, and maybe he just you know Renoso couldn't get it out of him, and a different personality can. I, that it's nothing toward the trainer, it's just more you know just you know that's just people working together. Some people could work together, some people can't. Yeah. Ryan Garcia is like what? Ryan Garcia is 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 you know like twenty four and oh like. 20 knockouts. Under Reynoso, he's like 5-0 and with like 4 knockouts. You know what I mean? Um, so the guy has had tremendous success throughout the course of his career. And when you're going from Eddie Reynoso, who is a future Hall of Fame trainer, to Dan Goosen, who's a Hall of Fame trainer, like you're splitting hairs. And yeah. on that level, with that level of trainer and that level of fighter, what it really comes down to is what Guido said how comfortable the fighter is, period, period. That's it. That's it. There's mm-hmm. nothing that, that juiced I mean, they may have their differences, but essentially he's going to be the better fighter under the guy he's more comfortable with. Because when you're talking that, like, these guys are Hall of Fame level trainers. That's, it's not really in the trainer. It's in the relationship between the trainer and the fighter on that one. 100%. Okay. All right, here's a uh, here's a question for uh, I guess uh, that could be either Ty or Bob. Clarissa uh, Shields uh, hopped out of uh, UFC and back into uh, fighting boxing, and uh, she uh, really had a a good night against Emma Cozy. Uh, do you think she'll stay back in boxing, or do you think she'll switch back and forth? Ty. Well. After she beat after she beat Cozen, she well she she went and took that fight in the UK to specifically set up the fight with Savannah Marshall, and and Clarissa mm-hmm. Shields does what you know what she does she beat the girl you know, over the course of ten rounds twelve rounds however many rounds it was, um, and um, you know, immediately after the fight they, they put a mic in her in uh Savannah Marshall's face Savannah Marshall said that performance was horrible she goes. <laughs> Uh, starts to walk out around the fifth round. I'd wipe the floor with you. And the big issue mm-hmm. 
for Savannah Marshall uh, like with Clarissa Shields is, you know, it's kind of the one complaint that anyone has about Clarissa Shields. She can't punch. She has no power. So she's 12 and 0 with two knockouts. And so what happens is her fights follow a very familiar trip. She kind of outboxes or outworks her opponent. There's no drama because she knows she's not going to knock her opponent out. And except for the one time she got dropped, her opponent got really capable enough or strong enough to really dance her. The one thing that makes Savannah Marshall an appealing fight, and which could very well equip Katie Taylor and Max Toronto as the biggest fight women boxing, is the fact that. Savannah Marshall has a victory over Clarissa Shields back when they were amateurs. In fact, she is the only woman to have Clarissa Shields. This is when Clarissa Shields was 17 years old, but nonetheless, she has that victory over And uh, the other thing, too, is Savannah Marshall is something that's kind of rare in women's boxing. Pretty girl. Clarissa Shields would be facing uh, a girl who's a little taller than her, a little bigger than her, who has a psychological edge in her mind because she holds a victory over and a girl who physically has a punch to hurt her, too. So, that's what makes that fight intriguing. And I believe because Clarissa Shields went over to lunch to take that fight, She's going to take the Savannah Marshall fight before she goes back to the NFL and fights another MMA fight because the Savannah Marshall fight's a real fight. She can't take that fight coming off an MMA fight. She needs to take that fight being sharp, and she knows that, which is why she set up the promotional uh, tour by fighting in London and having Savannah Marshall at ringside, and they start going back and forth. Savannah Marshall said, I'll wipe the floor with you. Well, Clarissa uh, Shield said, you couldn't wipe my drawers. <laughs> there you go. So, real quick. So, real quick. All right. Uh, see, here's one for you. Uh, tonight, we've got uh, James Kennedy versus uh, uh, John Ryder. What's your thought on that one? What's your thought on that one? Z is, uh, hold on. Go it was. It was. I can't. I can't hear anything. I can't. I can't hear anything. Audio is yeah, kind of bad. Uh, he evidently was off. Ty, what's your thoughts on it? So I know you. You, you were. You were asking so about uh, John Ryder against Dan uh, Jacobs. Ryder that fight came on a little uh, earlier. It happened in the UK. Um, I had the uh, fortune and privilege to be able to carve out a few minutes to watch the fight, and. Danny Jacobs and, uh, lost a disputed Danny decision Jacobs to John Ryder. Um, he obviously went in as a favorite, um, and he was winning the fight handily. Uh, but then John Ryder pulled him into a dog fight, and, and John Ryder turned the tide. I still thought Danny Jacobs did enough to edge the fight, but when it was over, I had no control with the decision. Danny Jacobs, we knew he was past his peak, and when he didn't perform up to par against Gabriel Rosado in a fight he should have won, Lost, honestly, um, it kind of um, showed that the writing was on the wall. And, I, you know, he said and he was flat, I, you know, yada, yada, yada. But we saw a very similar thing in the fight with John Ryder today. The only difference is that John Ryder got the decision that Gabriel Rosado should have got. Nonetheless, I believe that as a elite fighter, Daniel Jacobs is done. 
second tier now. He's passed. Uh-huh. He's passed. Danny Jacobs is a guy who he, 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 he's athletic. He's, he's an athletic guy. Um, he, he has, he's pretty good technically and fundamentally. He's athletic, and Danny's smart. He's smart, and he, he's athletic. But you can, I mean, when your athleticism goes and you depend heavily on that, and I say it time and time again, you have to rely on other things. And a lot of times, it's hard for guys to, to, to do that because they might not have incorporated or learned a lot of things you know, in, in those skills, you know, within his athleticism. You know, and let's be honest. I mean, if you're athletic and strong, and you, you use that. You're supposed to use that in boxing. But, I mean, if you don't rely on your other skills, then athleticism is saved. You're saved. Power is saved. You know, power doesn't save. Athleticism is saved. Okay. You know, in years past, anybody that wanted a win used to pick uh, Paulie Malinowski. Uh, now, all of a sudden, I guess Paulie might be out of, out of money because he's saying that he would like to be the next uh, opponent for uh, Big Paul. What do you think of that one, Ty? Please. I think it makes all the sense in the world for Paulie Malinowski to say that. Simple as that. I, I think no more than that. It makes all the sense in the world for Paul. You know what? I, I can think of, I don't know, maybe a few million different reasons that it makes sense for Paulie Malinaji to say yeah. that. But that's as far as my thought goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if we keep this up, that, uh, Jake Paul's going to be. Jake Paul's going to end up being the the number one boxer of all time. The way this is going. Yeah. 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 In this generation, yeah, because they don't know any better. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's going to beat him because it's all money. And next thing you know, he's going to be—he's uh, going to have the highest stats of anyone ever recorded. Sure, Shelly, what's your thoughts on Lomachenko versus uh, Gambosa? It's coming up in a few weeks. I tell you what, Gambosa impressed me. I know Lomachenko is a machine, but. Man, I tell you what, I'm Gambosa. Gambosa, he's got a damn good chance of smacking that boy around a little bit. And that's the way I'm going to lean. Although I still may eat a steamer, but I I really feel like he could do it. Okay. What do you think? Gambosa's is live. He's live in the fight. Um, but he reminds me in this fight, he reminds me, reminds me of a, a maintenance man that has a toolbox with all the tools that just can't do the job. I, I, I think that he 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 has the equipment to beat Lomachenko. He's live. He's scrappy. He'll be in, you know he's gonna throw punches. He's gonna be trying to be in Lomachenko's face. He's pretty quick handed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, I just think. He has the equipment. He's just not good enough. He's just not good enough to beat Lomachenko. I just think Lomachenko's on another level. Um, him beating uh, – uh, when, when Teofimo Lopez beat Lomachenko, I think eight, eight rounds of it was Lomachenko beating himself. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that, Lomachenko, yeah, outside of that, Lomachenko, I mean, I don't see Cambosis being able to do 
I mean, he, he his best bet's to make it a dirty, scrappy fight. I just think he's not good enough to consistently do that with Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. You know, I look okay. at Cambosis Lomachenko a lot like I look at uh, tonight's fight between Whitaker and uh, Adesanya. Um, you know, a good game plan and grit will have beating talent. And one thing about Cambosis and Robert Whitaker is they've shown that they have they're capable of following a, a great game plan and grit. But nine times out of ten, talent wins that fight. Because talent mm-hmm. also sometimes has a good game plan and grit as well. So you favor Lomachenko, but a guy like Cambosis has the tools and could have the strategy to get it done, but nine times mm-hmm. out of ten he does. That's that's kind of what I think. Okay. All right. Well, that, uh, Bob, let me ask you the one last question. Yoel uh, Romero uh, versus Melvin uh, Moore. That hard. Uh, set for set for uh, set for they, May sixth. Yeah. Say off. Yeah, they set that for. Uh, Bellator against Melvin Manhoff. Yeah, that'll be great. That's going to be uh, Bellator and stuff. So um, that'll be the co-main event uh, going underneath. Uh, um, well, let's talk about them. Romero versus Manhoff uh, on Bellator. Um, Man- Romero's 13 and 6, uh, and he's like the soldier of God. He's very, very religious. Romero's a really cool guy. I mean, built like a brick, you know, house. And then. Uh, uh, but anyway, he's going against heavyweight Grand Prix uh, opener Phil Davis decision. Um, anyway, he's going against Manhoff. is thirty-two and fifteen. Um, they're going to do it in Paris um, versus the, on uh, Bader versus Congo two. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be a phenomenal fight. Mm-hmm. Dude, I want to see that fight that Manhoff was fighting Romero. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a good fight. How about uh, uh, Kate, What do you think about AJ uh, uh, McKee versus uh, Patrico Pitbull? Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Two. Yeah, it's a rematch. Kate, Ty. What do you say? What do you say? Well, I said, what do you think about AJ McKee versus uh, Patricio Pitbull too? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, I can't hear. I can't hear anything right now. What? You did say that. Yeah. Oh, hold on, man. AJ McKay. Rico Pitbull. Go ahead, Ty. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> You know what's happening? AJ he's, on his, he's on his phone. He's on his, his computer with a date app, probably. AJ uh, McKee won the first fight by submission, um, and you know AJ McKee is homegrown Bellator talent, so that was, mm-hmm. you know, appeared to be the passing of the torch fight. Pitbull is also basically homegrown Bellator right. talent, uh, longtime reigning two-time champion, and uh, McKee took mm-hmm. his featherweight title. So it looks like the rematch is coming up. I'm not sure if it's for uh, well, if it's for the featherweight title again. Um, obviously, McKee is going to go in as the favorite. But uh, what happened in that first fight is Pitbull got rocked with a head kick, 
and McKee caught him in a submission. So, you know, a quick finish in a fight of that caliber, there's always uh, a good reason for a rematch. Um, and so uh, we're going to get the rematch. Again, McKee should go in as a favorite. I'm looking forward to watching it, however it goes down. Big Pitbull fan. Good. Well, guys, we're uh, we're up against our time. In fact, I increased it by 15 minutes to, to get everything in. But uh, what a fabulous That's job true. you guys did tonight. I really thank you for everything. Tony, um, you want to lead us out? Yes, sir. Great show. Sorry I was late to the show tonight. Uh, missed you guys. Work calls. Uh, just want to shout out to Patrick Ashman for believing in the show and sponsoring us. And don't forget when the EMP strikes, the solar people, you're going to have power in your house and the rest of us won't. Call BioSolar oh, yeah. 602-499-9804. It's no joke, no gimmicks, no nothing. If you can hear this show right now, you can have it at your house too. Uh, thank you to all you guys, and I look forward to the next week's show. Okay, Bob. Always a pleasure, guys. Ty, you know, Tony, uh, Caden, if you can still hear me. Hello, hello. Uh, Frank, <laughs> thank you. You guys are always awesome. Um, and uh, our Fighting Words fans and family, you guys all have a great week. God bless. Watch the fights. Okay, Caden. Uh yeah, I think it was I think it was a great a great show. Um, my mom, my mom wanted to ask Ty something. Are you sure you don't know who pulled the fire alarm? She would. I told you she was Gio Volso. Jimmy Gio Volso. And it wasn't a pull; it was a push. It was a push by Jimmy Gio Volso. And gentlemen, I was holding this off to the very last. But on February 11th, anniversary. Did a great job. Okay. Uh, I, I, I was trying to, to hold this off, but uh, before I come on to tie so he can get even. Uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Dr. Carol's birthday. I won't tell you how much she is over 21, but I will tell you that yesterday was her birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy such a birthday. Uh, happy yeah. birthday happy, to her. Yeah. Happy 22nd birthday to her. Pop, you better than only five years yeah. over 21. Thank you. <laughs> if we could give her right now is not singing the happy birthday song, that would be horrible. <laughs> that would be atrocious. There, there were times when, when uh, Bobby would be coming into my office and he'd say, you got to listen to this. And Casey would be would, uh, oh, call him every on. morning. On the way to work, she would call him, and everybody in the sheriff's office had to hear the uh, had to hear her, her lovely tunes because Bobby played it for everybody. Hey, my songs are creative. <laughs> they were creative. Yes, they were. Except when he was in the in the elevator with the judge, I kind of got in trouble for that one. So. <laughs> 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 and when we had the trivia, remember his uh, his boss uh, uh, said that when you said you were the, the good one, he came on and said, "I heard the songs, Casey." Yeah. And he just you oh, just heard. Oh, then came and sold me out on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, you want to take it out? 
first, well, happy birthday, first and foremost, to Mama Carol Matriarch. Um, so good to hear. Uh, always a great show. Always talking to you guys. Everyone have a safe week. Bob is our co-founder, Coach Elf, watching over Dr. Chris, keep the place. Everyone be well. See? Oh, another wonderful show. I want to thank you guys. Uh, I want to thank all my Fighting Words family. These shows are a member of Bob, Coach Mellon, Dr. Chris. And if anyone wants to hear any Fighting Words, please do talk. Again, I want to say I, I want to thank everybody for their preparation tonight. This tremendous show. Uh, we extended for an additional 20 minutes just to cover some of the fights that we're on tonight and some of the good stuff. So we, we appreciate all your all your help and all your work. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and police fire services, the first line defenders against COVID, the doctors, the nurses, and especially the people that are cleaning up after them. And, of course, the people at the, at the uh, supermarket are keeping the, uh, the aisles filled uh, during this pandemic. <laughs> When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform or you see a doctor in this, please take a minute just to say thank you. We're not all bad guys. There are a lot of good guys out there. A lot of guys are suffering from, from uh, problems that uh, nobody would know. So we appreciate your, your support. These, these programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Devin Colgan, Sergeant Thomas Bajor, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman David uh, Jeffrey Yasmins, Sergeant Tom, Thomas Bajor, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, uh, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Patrolman County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Chairman Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Chris Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrol Deputy uh, Arnolfo Crispin, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrol Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artifo, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wellington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Alvo Golongo, P Police Department, and Chief Jimmy Ford, Wellington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters are letting me be 10 7 at this point in time. And sometime will be 10 10 at Sable Bluebird. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rain fall softly in your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. Good night. God bless and have a great week.